Hello, Gap Year Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. Another year, another February, another Gap Year Exploration Month, Margot. It's time. <laughs> it is time. It's so it's really exciting. It's always um, a really fun time of year. And of course, this year, you know, we share the first day of GEM with Lunar New Year. It's also Black History Month. So there's just so much going on this month. So much great content and education that's going to be happening on different topics. Um, and I'm really excited for it. This is such a fun time of year, and I know in the past this was always when we as counselors, as program providers, are normally on the road and getting to have this fun road trip for all the fairs that are now virtual, but still it's such an exciting time of year, I think, for students who, you know, at this point you've probably got your college applications in and, you know, kind of looking towards next steps, and it's a perfect time to really start digging into what your gap year could look like. Definitely. And so today on this episode, it's just Margo and I, we're going to be talking to you about what's in store for Gap Year Exploration Month 2022, and also we're going to be kind of doing a special section on gap year funding and fundraising. So we want to give you tips and tricks to make sure that your gap year is affordable and also just empower you to understand that you can afford a gap year because you have the power to fund it yourself. Absolutely. And like we said, this is just a really fun time of year. So if you're just getting started on your gap year planning, this episode should have plenty of things to one, start getting you super excited for the many possibilities of your gap year and yes, how to make it feasible. Awesome. Well, stay tuned and let's get started. Thank you for being here. Alrighty, Julia. So as the brainchild behind the Gap Year Exploration Month, do you want to give us a little overview of what the purpose is behind this time period and all of the many things that are a part of it? Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that many years, many moons ago, I had this idea that it would be wonderful if the entire Gap Year industry, as well as educators and Gap Year alums, all had something to gather around to kind of elevate the Gap Year option and, and really showcase the diversity of experiences that represent a Gap Year. So it started off as actually a one-day holiday. We called it Gap Year Decision Day, kind of similar to College Decision Day. And then, you know, we decided one day just wasn't enough and that we wanted to make it a month-long awareness holiday. And we chose um, as a committee, uh, as a big group of people involved in the Gap Year industry, that February would be a great time for this because of the Gap Year fairs happening annually during this month. And, you know, we also created the hashtag Explore the Gap Year so that people could have an easy place to find all of the different content that programs and Gap Year students and other people are creating for this month. So it's an awareness holiday, just like, you know, um, mentor month and things like that, where you can find uh, resources, attend events. And also a lot of it is happening this year on social media so that you can hear Gap Year stories from alums themselves. So many exciting things happening. And Julia, I think it's it's pretty incredible what you all have been able to do with this with this idea and how it's grown so much. So there's so many different things going on this month, as Julia mentioned. So a couple different things that you can do if you're wanting to start, you know, kind of getting involved and following along. There is a hashtag on Instagram and Twitter and, you know, all the social media. So hashtag explore the gap year. I would also recommend following the gap year association on Instagram and other social media platforms, which is at gap year association. They're going to be hosting student stories every day. And Julia, do you want to tell us a little bit more about this? I know it sounds like you've got some pretty exciting alum lineup for that. Yes, this is, I'm so 
excited about this because I think that student stories are some of the most powerful motivators for students to feel like they can take gap time, that they they have peers that are also doing this. So every day, almost every day in the month of February, Gap Year Association is going to be um, debuting a student-made video that tells a story or shares tips or talks about a certain aspect of the gap year experience in their words. So um, all of those creators have made their own videos and chosen their own topics. So we're going to be really elevating those stories and doing some really cool things around them. We're going to be probably hosting some lives and having additional content created from those stories. And and in addition to that, the Gap Year Association is also hosting um, a, a like and follow contest where um, if you go to the Gap Year Association handle on Instagram, this is an Instagram contest, like um, like the post and follow Gap Year Association, you'll be entered to win a Tortuga backpack, which a Tortuga, if you aren't familiar with that backpack brand, there it's a smaller company, really, really high quality travel backpacks. And you will you could win one. I mean, it's just a contest that's open to everybody in February. So um, definitely check that out. So we have a lot going on on the Gap Year Association handle as well as a big panel discussion on February 23rd. That's going to be more for your parents or if you're a teacher out there, if you want to learn more about Gap Year Exploration Month and the Gap Year option in general. We're going to be having a dean of admissions on there, a representative from AmeriCorps, a Gap Year parent and a Gap Year student, as well as a accredited Gap Year counselor on that panel. So it should be pretty, pretty exciting as well. That is awesome. And where can people find the link to join that panel discussion? Sure. You can find the registration link on the Gap Year Association website, specifically under the Gap Year Exploration Month subhandle. So take a look for that, or you can reach out directly on on any of the Gap Year Association channels and we can get you that registration link. Awesome. And I know that we've mentioned this every year on the pod that we've been doing it, but there also is the USA Gap Year Fairs happening right now through Go Overseas. And as I mentioned, they are virtual events for now. There might be a few in-person events in March, but these have been amazing virtual events where basically as an attendee, you can come in and you can look at the schedule and join in on different, you know, there's an intro kind of briefing from one of the Gap Year counselors about Gap Years. And then you can join rooms of various program providers to learn more about their programs and ask them questions live through this virtual format. So that has been an awesome way. And there's a bunch of different, you know, events throughout the rest of the month of February as well that you can join in, but awesome way to kind of get to know more about the gap year. Yeah. And in that same vein, uh, Teen Life, which is also a, you know, program hosting website is hosting a gap year fair on February 3rd, which is kind of a similar idea, but just different brand. So that's a, you can get that registration as well on the Teen Life website. So some really great opportunities to explore the gap year through actually getting to see programs, meet with programs virtually and yeah, it's a, it's it's all good if you're looking for for that kind of structured program for your gap time. Absolutely. And then with that as well, you know, Go Overseas that hosts the USA Gap Year Fairs, they are also doing a scholarship contest, which kind of ties into our whole next segment here about funding your gap year. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are doing a scholarship contest and they are awarding, I think, a $5,000 scholarship this year. And Julia, do you have any more information about how folks might be able to apply or get into that contest? So if you go to gooverseas.com under community, you'll see a subheading for scholarships. You want to click through to there and that should be where you can apply for that scholarship. And they also have other scholarship listings from outside sources as well. So just a good web, just a good uh, resource in general on that. Is there anything else, Julia, that we are missing about Gap Year Exploration Month that is important for the listeners to be aware of? I mean, probably. I would just say, you know, have fun with it. Follow the hashtag and and engage and, you know, ask those if you see a student video that really connects with what you're hoping to get more information on, throw that throw a comment in there and we will make sure to get that student to respond to you um, 
or you can always reach out to the Gap Year uh, radio handle if you have any you know Gap Year Exploration Month queries, and uh, we're happy to kind of direct you in the right direction. So just have fun with it. Totally. And one other thing that I think is important here, I know many of our listeners might be prospective gap year students, but for any alum out there who are, you know, reminiscing on fond memories of your gap year, this is also a great opportunity to, you know, post about your experience on social media with that hashtag explore the gap year. Um, You know, if you're a year, two years, 10 years, whatever out from your gap year and really thinking back about how much it impacted you. For those folks who are out there who are looking into the gap year option and they're following that hashtag, this could be a great opportunity to share more about your experiences too and potentially connect with a, a prospective alum out there who's looking for what might be their next steps. So such a great point, Margot. I love it. Awesome. Well, with that, let's head into our second segment of this episode, which is funding your gap year 101. So I'm sure that many of you out there that are looking at this gap year option, if you're looking at a more structured program, there there's a price tag on those, obviously. And even if you're looking at something, there, there are tons of low cost gap year options, which I know we've had previous episodes about, and we are going to discuss a little bit more today. But even if you do have that, you know, money in the bank to fund your gap year, it's so important to be more invested in your experience by helping to fund it yourself. If maybe say your parents are looking to help you fund it. So we're going to chat about the various options and ideas that there are for funding your gap time, you know, wherever you are at on that financial spectrum, it's so important to have that investment in your experience. Definitely. You know, one of the things I'm always highlighting when I do gap year presentations is a gap year is financially accessible to everybody. It's just a matter of what you do with your time. So there are, you know, ways to fund more expensive opportunities or travel. And then there's also low and no cost experiences that you can tap into if you, you know, are completely self-funding your year or if you just don't have any money to like put towards the experience. So don't be frustrated if you, you know, if you're wondering how to fund your gap time, there are lots of ways and tactics that we're going to, you know, discuss today. So have faith um, and you can make it happen. But, you know, I guess that can launch us right into like the first part of this, which is like how to raise money, like how to how to create your own budget essentially for your gap time through collecting different monetary resources um, and non-monetary resource, non-monetary resources. So, um, you know, I think the biggest one that is pretty obvious is working. You know, um, most students have the ability to go outside the home and work a part-time or full-time job. Um, I've had students who've worked multiple jobs to save money for their gap time. And if you start doing that early enough, any of the students out here that are lower classmen or underclassmen, you know, working to save gap time. I had a student um, years back who saved $15,000 because he just hustled, you know, like all through high school, saving money for his gap year, working every summer, sometimes multiple jobs, saving all his, you know, Christmas money and all that kind of stuff and had quite a, like quite a lot to, you know, show for it at the end of his high school experience, getting ready for his gap year. Wowza. I think definitely, yeah, if you can start that early, of course, if you're just a senior now and thinking about gap time, it, that might seem a little bit more daunting. But yes, if you're a freshman or sophomore, there's tons of time to start doing that. And with that too, I think there's some value in acknowledging that there's a lot to be gained from having work experience during high school, whether that's summer jobs and, um, you know, if you can get a paid internship or something where you're, you know, getting experience in something that you're excited about or just, yeah, having that work experience, I think is super valuable. So true, Mario. I actually had a student um, a couple years back from here in Vermont, and he got a job at the Ben and Jerry's factory, which is in Waterbury. Really, really worth a stop if you're ever in Vermont. Um, but there's um, a really funny and kind of cheesy tour that you can do at that factory that he he was a tour guide. And, you know, he was a pretty shy person and he got that job, had to lead tours and really started to come out of his shell. And I actually ran into his boss recently and 
she still talks about how how much of a progression he made in that skill set of public speaking and just being comfortable around strangers and all of those kinds of skills that he gained from a job that he was actually also earning money, which he then used to go on a trip to Mexico later in his year. So don't think of a don't think of working on your gap year or part of your gap year as as lost time. It's actually you are building skills that are making you more marketable, that are making you probably more mature and all those other things. Totally. And that's a great point, like working during your gap year as well. A lot of students mm-hmm. might work for the first half of their gap year to save up money to fund whatever, maybe a more travel-based experience or something for the second half of their gap year. Absolutely. Um, just as a side note, a plug for that Ben and Jerry's tour in Waterbury. That was always <laughs> a stop on our USA Gap Year Fairs tour. And I've been there with you, Julia, and I yep. love it. It was yes, so much fun. I know. <laughs> so fun. Um so I guess the other like big way to to raise money for your gap year is through, you know, fundraising, which is kind of a different category than working because uh, working, obviously, you're, you know, have a job, with, whereas fundraising, you're kind of asking people for donations towards your gap year, which can be a little bit tricky sometimes, depending on the type of gap year that you're doing, but it's still totally possible. Um, Margo, do you have any fundraising stories from your own personal travel history? Yes. So yeah, fundraising, like Julia said, I think it's something that is, it's, it's challenging. It totally puts you outside of your comfort zone, but if you can figure out a way to do that, that feels good to you and just kind of put yourself out there and in a worst case scenario, you don't get many donations, but to, to go through that experience. And so I know some, there's so many different ways that you can go about this. Um, I know that when I was trying to fund my semester abroad in high school, I, oh gosh, at the time I, I did a letter campaign. So I basically reached out to like family friends and stuff saying like, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to raise money for this. If you have anything that you might be willing to contribute towards my experience, I'd be ever appreciative. Obviously writing thank you notes. If you ever get donations, write thank you notes. I'm from the Midwest, but mm-hmm. I do think it's important. <laughs> um, I think uh, I totally agree. That is like, that is like rule numero uno. If you get a donation to acknowledge it and also like that you if you get donations for your gap time you now have basically fans that are going to follow you and be invested in your gap year experience and so you know I actually did the same thing Margot I fundraised for my gap year and I kept a blog that was primarily to kind of keep my donors up to date on my experiences and I feel like they really appreciated that to kind of know that I was really valuing my experience and this is what I was getting out of it and those kinds of things. A hundred percent yes I think keeping that blog and keeping them posted during your experience or whether that might be sending an email update to those people who've donated super super important. I also tried hosting some like, and this was actually the program that I did in high school, gave us this massive fundraising toolkit. So I think I tried a few different things. I did also try hosting like events where people would donate to come to like, um, you know, like a, a little like pickup sports event or something. That one wasn't as successful, but again, really good experience I'm trying to, again, just kind of put myself out there and do things that were going to hopefully help with that experience. So that was cool. I had a friend who like designed t-shirts and we sold those. And so tried to do a big thing like that. And then I also, I, I babysat a lot <laughs> in high school and I, so I started babysitting just any job I could get babysitting, nannying in the summers. I was like stockpiling that money, trying to use that to fund my experience as well. I also went the scholarship route, which we're going to talk about later on, but those were really great experiences for me. I think just trying to, to do that. And then ultimately at the end of the day, I'd worked my butt off for this experience. And so I do think that that just gives you a lot more investment in what you're doing then, um, with that experience. And I know Julia, you said you fundraised as well. Did you have any success stories or ideas from, 
that? Yeah. Well, I mean, overall, it was a success. I, I fundraised for a volunteer program that I was doing, which was around $6,000 that they needed us to raise to contribute. That was the program fee for being away for 10 months. So that's, you know, that was a pretty, I thought that was like a pretty reasonable amount, um, considering that once I was there, I was getting a stipend and everything. But yeah, um, I did also did a letter writing campaign. Um, I uh, had like an online platform that I was updating people on and things like that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I think is, you know, really important to think about when you're fundraising is what are you doing on your gap year? Um, It's harder to fundraise. I would just say, you know, just right out there. It's harder to fundraise for an experience that's more self-indulgent, like a, you know, just backpacking around Southeast Asia or something like that, than maybe a volunteer experience or something where you're giving back to a cause or something like that. Um, although I will say that like, it depends on who you're reaching out to. So like your family and your family friends, but hit them up, hit them up for money, tell them what you're doing, tell them why you're excited about it, tell them about why it's important to your personal journey. And they will likely give no matter what you're doing on your gap time. But when you're looking at your community, I would say like, be cognizant of, of how, of the optics, right? Um, one cringy, I will admit thing that I did to fundraise was I had like a canister in my dad's office. Um, and the look of like a, a, a white girl like fundraising to go volunteer through with a canister on the desk. I just like can't with it anymore, you know? So um, that's admittedly, there are missteps when you're fundraising and things that you might look back on and be like, oof. But um, but it's important to like acknowledge those things and kind of move on and, you know, no harm, no foul. But um, yeah, I think that there's definitely kind of better like tactics that you can use that are better than others, depending on like what your plans are, right? Totally. And I think too, yeah, the, the missteps and like, like I said at the beginning, like this will put you outside of your comfort zone and that's okay. And like you might have fundraising failures and that is okay. And at the end of the day that you are in theory on your gap year, you're fundraising to do something that's investing in yourself. And so yeah, it's important to work so that you can invest in yourself in that way, in whatever way that you need to. Another thought I just had that was not a possibility, I don't think when either of us were fundraising for these experiences, Julia, but there are now online crowdfunding platforms um, like GoFundMe. I mean, that was not an option back at the time, but I do think that makes it a little bit easier to do, you know, a bigger campaign for yourself. If you have folks that you can email out a link to, um, you know, with with an explanation of like, here is what I'm doing and here is why I'm asking for money. And, you know, here's also some things that I'm doing to work. Like explain to, I'm also working. I'm also, you know, doing these other things, but you know, I need a little bit more to make ends meet. And, you know, here's what I'm hoping to do, whatever it is that works for you. But I do think that those do allow you to get, just do a little bit more, you know, those GoFundMe things, you can also post that on social media and maybe see if it can get spread around, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. But I do think that at the end of the day, this is you investing in an important experience for yourself and your personal growth. And however you need to highlight that. And, you know, if people judge you for that, that's okay. Like that is part of your personal growth on this experience as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that to to piggyback on that, Margot, using your graduation as a kind of carrot, um, it can be a really effective tool as well. So, you know, whereas, you know, your aunt might give you 50 bucks for your graduation in the envelope, blah, blah, blah. Maybe in your graduation announcements, you say all of my graduation money is going towards my gap year or it's going towards this specific part of my gap year. You know, like people might 
you know, up it a little bit or be more generous or like, no, it, it, pe- people love knowing where their money is going to go. So definitely highlight, you know, make your graduation an opportunity to fundraise as well um, and, and leverage, you know, what you're doing and telling them and informing them and being excited about it and kind of sharing that enthusiasm for sure is, is a, a thing that I've seen very successful. Totally. And another thing on the list here, I know that we had working, but you can also get really creative with selling things personally that you've maybe created, creating a little Etsy shop or something. If you're not working in an actual job, there's a bunch of options here. And it sounds like, do you have a couple of en route alum who've done this in the past, Julia? Yes. I've had lots of students, makers, you know, produce things over the course of their, you know, pre-gap experience and during their gap year as well to help fund their gap time. So if you are, especially a creative, you know, I had a student this past year who sold upcycled clothing that they tie-dyed and then sold on Instagram, which was really cool. In fact, I still kind of want one of those sweatshirts. Um, And then um, I have another student who is a talented photographer and she sold, she like would do senior portrait sessions um, and made a pretty penny on that. Um, I had another student who knitted um, scarves and sold them on Etsy. And so you know, if there is something that you do for fun, you might be able to monetize it. And that's then you're a business owner, too. So, you know, that's like killing two birds with one stone. Um, So definitely think about what you are already doing that's fun for you or that's creative and that maybe it's a product, you know, maybe you can turn it into a product that you can then use to fundraise your year. So that's definitely a good one. And uh, one other thing, you know, I'd love to highlight is just the access you might have to Uh, funding through local businesses and Rotary. So if you're not familiar with Rotary, it is an international organization that is, you know, community-based organizations. Your town has one because every town has one. Um, And they often will give they will also, they, they will do two things. Um, you can usually present at a Rotary and talk about what you want to do and ask for, you know, funding for it. And sometimes it's usually smaller grants, but they will entertain those those requests. And then another thing that they sometimes can do is actually create opportunities. Like Rotaries have links all over the world and most Rotaries have a sister town or a sister location in another country. And sometimes they can actually arrange for exchanges that are very, very affordable and low cost. So if you want to go abroad and want it to be low cost, definitely check out Rotary. Um, And then if you have other organizations and businesses in town that you have relationships with or that you just want to approach, see if they'll sponsor you, you know, and yeah, if you're really savvy, maybe you can turn that into like an Instagram thing or whatever, but maybe it's just, you know, them acknowledging them in some way um, publicly on your gap year that, that they're helping support you. So. Absolutely. I had a, I knew a couple of folks in high school who'd done rotary exchanges. I think that's a great thing to highlight as well. Another thing to keep be mindful of is that you can also get non-monetary donations for your gap time. Airline miles is a great thing that, you know, you can, those are transferable. You can use those to, you know, fly somewhere. If your parents have miles, if your family, friends, whatever, that's an easy thing, I think, for folks to say, you know, it's no sweat off my back. I will give you my airline miles for getting to wherever it is that you're going on your gap year. I also think gear is a huge thing. And whether that is being able to sort of crowdsource, okay, I need a backpack, I need a sleeping pad, I need, or I need, you know, this jacket, you know, if there's stuff that you can borrow from either friends and family to use during your gap time, um, or some programs do have gear lending programs. So that's also worth kind of looking at various financial opportunities through programs that might be able to lend you gear as well as that can often be a kind of unknown but large expense when you're going into your gap time. You get this packing list and it's like, oh my gosh, all these things. There's definitely ways to kind of collect those items and use them and take good care of them and and give them back to the owner or whoever lent them to you after your gap time. Definitely. And don't be afraid to, I mean, I know a lot of communities out there have public community forums where they might be, 
you know, opportunities for you to say, hey, I'm going on a gap year and here are some things that I need. I need a backpack or I need, you know, a sleep sack or something like that. And I know that in my town, people are always posting on our community forum about like trying to exchange or give away or request items. So go for it, you know, get out there and ask your community at large for those kinds of things, because probably somebody has something in their basement that is probably collecting dust and that you could use. Um, So total. So (laughs) if you don't ask, you will never know. A hundred percent. And then of course, scholarships and grants and applying for those is a, a, a huge opportunity that I think if you're on it early, you can apply for those things. And, and um, you know, some of the deadlines are throughout the year that might be during your senior year that you need to apply in order to apply those to a gap year the following year. But there's so many different options here. There's, you know, most programs have scholarships and in-house financial aid that you can apply for. So that's definitely something to be mindful of. There's also all these different independent scholarship and grant opportunities. A lot of those are highlighted through Go Overseas or there is the Go Overseas scholarship or through the Gap Year Association, there's pages where you can look at financial aid opportunities. But there's a bunch of small scholarships as well that you could potentially apply for a bunch and, and kind of piecemeal that together as well. Yeah. Any other thoughts there, Julia? Yeah, you know, I would just add that, um, and this is not to be discouraging, this is just like where we are in the year of 2022, but a lot of independent scholarships I've noticed have kind of dried up as a result of the travel industry, you know, just having a really hard time around the pandemic. So um, some links might not work. I've noticed that I was like poking around for scholarship and notice that some of them are on hold. So, you know, you may run into some dead ends researching scholarships, but just, you know, carry on and like try the next one and stuff like that. Um, But the other type of scholarship that is sometimes available to students is at your future college. So there are some schools, for example, UNC Chapel Hill and Florida State University that have gap year grants as part of their program for pre-college students. So, you know, you can actually apply to UNC's, you know, global gap year fellowship and get $15,000 for your gap year. And then you also get a ton of support and Um, programming recommendations and all sorts of resources from UNC before you're even a student there. So, um, you know, check in with your college, ask their admissions department. And you know what? The more people that ask about this stuff, the more the colleges will know that there's a demand for it. So, if you, you know, that's another way that you can look into potential funding mechanisms. Totally. Those are all great ideas. Basically, there's a lot of resources out there. And if you're really willing to hustle and do the research early and put yourself out there, I think there's a lot of different opportunities that can make that feasible for you. Definitely. One other non-monetary resource I wanted to talk about was more, it's more of a brainstorming exercise. It's just something that I wanted to highlight um, during this episode. I like to call it resource mapping. Resource mapping is actually a term that nonprofits use, but I'm kind of stealing it for our purposes. (laughs) But basically the idea is that you kind of sit down with a with you know your parents or whoever are your gap year advocate supporters and you brainstorm about who you know where they are and how they might be able to help you on your gap year so this is where you i mean sometimes people literally unfurl a map and start putting you know pins in where they have friends and family in different places in the country or the world and you know through that exercise you might realize that you know, your dad has a college roommate who lives in Los Angeles now, and that's where you want to spend your gap year. Maybe they know a way to get you an internship. Maybe they have a place for you to stay. Maybe they're just a safety net for you while you're out there making your way in the world. So thinking about who you know is such a really, you know, great way of thinking about the people who are ready to support you on your gap time as well. 
Yeah, I, I think that that is just such a great thing to really think about and can provide opportunities that, you know, again, if you're really trying to do something that's low cost, it might not have been your, your first choice on your gap year, but you also don't know where those experiences might take you. If you have, you know, I've spoken to students who spent the fall of their gap year, they're like, my cousin has a farm in like Italy. And so I went and just lived on their farm for a couple months. Things that, you know, it doesn't necessarily, and obviously the flight to get there is expensive, but um, those experiences can then lead into so many other things that you might not anticipate. And so I do think kind of trusting the process of whatever you do, it's going to be a formative experience for you. Um, even if it might not be, you know, your top choice experience or something like that, it still is going to be meaningful and impactful. Yeah. But I mean, leveraging those personal contacts, I mean, that's, that's also a good life skill because networking is how things get done. And, and you have people and you have adults in your life that are probably willing to leverage their contacts for your benefit. So again, just make that, um, make that effort and you will see what kind of interesting opportunities blossom from it. Um, maybe unexpected, like Margot said. So yeah. Yes. And in that same vein, I think, and I know that we've talked about this in previous episodes, but really highlighting that there's so many low cost or actually, you know, paid opportunities potentially with stipends that you can do during your gap time that are not a massive financial investment for you, but would be great. Yeah. Just really affordable opportunities. So, you know, working in a cool place, like I've talked to so many students who end up, you know, working at a ski resort for the winter of their gap year. And that's something that's paid, but then you're still getting to, you know, live that outdoor mountain life that, <laughs> that many people dream about, um, or working in a national park, um, you know, or even volunteering in some of those places could be a really cool opportunity. Um, there's a bunch of different working holiday visas, Julia, I feel like you might be more privy to what these might look like, but there's a lot of places where you, yes, can go live abroad and work. Do you mm-hmm. have any ideas for that in particular? <laughs> yes. So I think that like in general, what this idea that Margot and I are discussing at this moment, I would consider it like destination working. So this is a way for you to offset any costs of you being like living independently or being away from home because you are working and earning a wage. So like Margot said, you can do that in lots of cool places in the States. But if you also want to try that internationally, um, in when these schemes start up again, you should be able to get visas for places like Australia, New Zealand, and the UK and Ireland. Those are all places that have what we call working holiday visas, meaning that if you're between the ages of 18 and 30, you can apply for these special visas that allow you to go to these countries and work for up to a year. Canada also has one. It's a it's a lottery process, so it's a little bit harder to get one, but you can. And the the thing to know about these is that you can only do it once um, for each country in your young life. So if you want to like spend a lot of your gap time in New Zealand and earn your way around, like this is a great opportunity to to consider. New Zealand is just now opening its borders in April 2022 again after the pandemic. So I'm not exactly sure what's happening with some of those international visas. So that might be a more uncertain thing for some of our gappers that are starting their gap time this coming year. Totally. Just to piggyback on that too. I know a lot of folks who have taken either post-college or post-grad school or other gap time in their life to do that working holiday visa opportunity. Mm -hmm. So not something that has to happen this year, either if you're a senior right now and you're like, oh gosh, that's not available now. Um, That's also something that could be an opportunity for you post-college. So just throwing that out there. Definitely. Awesome. There's also a bunch of different work exchange programs that you can do also could be international, could be something here domestically if that is of more, you know, more exciting to you. There's woofing, which is worldwide opportunities on organic farms where basically, and same with any of these experiences, basically you go and you provide a service of some kind. In that case, it might be working on an organic farm and then you are given room and board in exchange. So again, very low cost or no cost where you're, you might be kind of breaking even at that point in time. So that's one opportunity. There's also Workaway, which is basically an online platform where you can look up various 
job opportunities. It might be like working at this hostel or working on, I don't know if other, but yeah, it might also be kind of like farm work or some sort of service that you're providing in exchange for room and board. Um, au pairing, which I believe is often mostly in Europe, but where you're providing a nanny service to a family and they provide you room and board in exchange. So those are just a couple of examples. Julia, do you have some others or additions to maybe workaway opportunities? Yeah, those are all great. And then, you know, sometimes there's also language exchange opportunities. So you can go to you know, Spain and live with a family who's interested in learning English and, you know, you kind of you create an um, an arrangement based on like that kind of shared language exchange. So there's lots of things like that out there, too. Um, there's also, you know, here in the States, National Service, AmeriCorps, such a great opportunity for students who want a really robust gap year opportunity that's fully funded, not only fully funded, but you get a stipend during your gap year and you get an education award that you can put towards college at the end of it. So some good resources to explore those opportunities are americorps.gov and serviceyear.org. So that's a really good good uh, thing to consider. Um, and then, you know, if you do want to go internationally to volunteer, but you're, you know, getting scared away by some big websites that have big price tags, um, there's consider grassroots volunteering. And grassroots volunteering is the idea that you go directly to the project in the country that you want to go to and just go directly to them rather than through a sending organization. This does require you to be a little bit more independent, but on the flip side, you um, can have a very low cost experience. It's very, very authentic, genuine, and good quality volunteering. So um, you can, if you know what country you want to go to and know the type of work you want to do, you can sometimes do some creative Googling to find those opportunities. But a good resource for grassroots volunteering is Om Prakash, O-M-P-R-A-K-S-H dot org. Um, we'll put that in the show notes, but that's a really great database of grassroots opportunities. Um, and lastly, Margo, we've got just like the independent travel in places that's affordable to travel, right? <laughs> Good old backpacking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> totally. So there are definitely regions of the world where you might be able to do this for a much more affordable you know, experience as a whole. I know a lot of folks often, you know, backpacking through Europe is a very common thing. Um, but that is a bit more expensive at the end of the day, just the, the cost of things in Europe is more expensive than say, if you were to go backpacking in Southeast Asia, or maybe South America or something like that, which I do know that um, for those who are a little bit more, you know, ready to be, have that independent travel experience and, and comfortable with that, that's definitely, or if you have a buddy that could do that with you, that can be a great, you know, some other regions that might be a little bit more accessible and cheap to be able to do that. Yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, if you will it, it is no dream, as they say. And there are many, many ways to fund your gap year. I hope that this, all this information was very inspirational for you. So um, Margo, any last thoughts on anything? If you are thinking about these things and listening and like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start and I want more support, you know, reach out. We're happy to put you in touch or we're going to include some links in the show notes of places that might be able to get you started on some of these things that we've mentioned tonight. So just know that it's it's possible and, and you know, there's a lot of resources out there to support you. Oh, such a good reminder. So <laughs> yeah, wrapping up our... Um, first and maybe last episode of the season, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you everyone for listening and for tuning in to the beginning of season eight of Gap Year Radio. And so Julia, yes, I guess we need to tell the people about our planned hiatus. Yes, I know. So Gap Year Radio is going to be taking a little break after after February, after Gap Year Exploration Month, but we still are going to be active in you know social media. We want to hear your questions and comments. And if you have any you know questions that you want to email us, please reach out. Um, and if you have a future episode or topic you'd like us to explore, please let us know because we are not going away. We're just kind of taking a little break to make room for some other projects. Gap Year Radio is taking a little gap time. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, still, if you want to reach out, you can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com. And you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. Yes, it is good night and not goodbye. But in the meantime, have a great Gap Year Exploration Month. Margo, have a good gem as well. And yeah, it's been fun. It's been wonderful. Thank you all for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you later. (laughs) 